Thank you. Thank you, Al. Appreciate that. A sprinkler head. What in the world is going on? I just want you to know that uh, the little girl that just read scripture to us has a weekly Bible study of about 13 or 14 girls. Spends time studying the word of God together. She can read it and she's trying to apply it in her life. So I really, really appreciate that. Super Church, you guys take off and have fun with what you're doing there. Hey, Dylan, will you come up here and help me? So how many of you know uh, Dylan Molesworth? Okay, good. Dylan, come on up. Dylan, I want you to sit in that chair, please. At our Bible study uh, this past, was it Tuesday, Dylan? No, it, it won't crap. You, no, you're not going to break that chair, Dylan. How many, uh, he, he said he had a hard time staying awake, and I said, well, to his dad today, I said, keep Dylan awake. So, Dylan, we're going to start with you, okay? So, okay, did you read the title to today's message? Dylan was one of my students <laughs> I had in school a couple of years ago. Now, Dylan, does anybody in the building know what the title of today's message Listen to my son. Thank you, Debbie. I appreciate that. I don't have another chair for you, Debbie, but I do have one for Dylan. Dylan will stay awake today. So I want to start with the word listen. We just heard a young girl. We don't have to be 100 years old or 30 or 40 or, in your case, 30 to listen. Okay? And there's a variety of postures that we have when we listen. Okay? So, Dylan, I want you to mimic every posture when I sit down. Okay, you ready? Okay. okay. Sorry, no. No, no, you, no just, just watch me and then copy me. Okay. Just, Darren, you'll identify with this one. <clears throat> Come on, Dylan. Lay your head back. Come on. <laughs> oh, it's Coach Lingle again. He's lecturing us on how to press. How to play basketball. I'm not starting. Who cares? Thank you, Al. So it's really important for us to understand our posture sometimes. Come on, come on, Dylan. Lean back a little bit more. Okay. Who cares? Oh, it's Mr. Stenberg again teaching that Bible verse. Our posture tells us, are we really listening? So this word, listen to my son, I just want to stress it just for a little bit longer. Okay, Dylan, ready? Okay, ready? I want you to sit right on the edge, and I want to put both elbows. Ready, Dylan? Okay. I'm ready to do what? I'm ready to listen in this posture. Now, I can fake it and pretend that I'm doing it, right? But when you sit on the edge of your chair, and the coach says, dive 31, that's the three back, Excuse me, dive 13. It's the one back through the three hole. 1968, David Douglas versus Beaverton. I'm the one back, and I'm going through the three hole through the number one team in the state of Oregon. Are you kidding me, coach? Are you kidding me? But, coach, I know you told me last week I'm the captain of the team, but you also said 
you're not going to start unless some things change. <laughs> How's that for a captain, huh? Really good about that. But I decide to sit on the edge of the chair, and I listen to my coach. Okay, you're going to start, and the first play, you being the one back, I want you going through the three-hole. Okay? The Oregonian posted that night that Beaverton High School beat the number one team in the state because there were some boys and there were some coaches that began to listen, and we did what the coach says. Will we always win a game if we listen to the coach? No. That doesn't happen. But our posture, Dylan's sitting on the edge of the chair. I'm sitting on the edge of the chair. I'm paying attention to what the son has to say. And if I'm a Christian, there's a whole new directive, isn't there, people, that he is trying to get across to you and I, okay? Dylan, what position is the best one to listen to? Sitting on the edge of the chair, Dill, or just sitting back going on the edge? Okay, Dylan, can I encourage you? Sit on the edge, okay? You're doing that, Dylan? Let's give Dylan a round of applause. Thanks, Dylan. Appreciate that. Now, Dylan, will you stay awake? <laughs> Dylan says he's going to stay awake, okay? So, Dad, keep an eye on him for me, would you? Uh, some of us know Dylan a little bit more than the rest of you. He's had some major surgery. Okay. Some major surgeries, and God has got him through. Because God is a faithful God. Myla read about that. Okay, we can make choices, too, that are destructive, but we need to be paying attention to the written Word of God. I, first of all, want to thank a couple of people. First of all, the music people that put on the music. Kendra, you guys are doing such a great job. And if you're musically skilled, I'm not, okay? But if you're music, I can hum, okay, and sing occasionally. But if you're musically oriented, I would take the encouragement that she's trying to encourage us. Thank you, Al. And so I just I want you to know that's a beautiful thing as a group of people. Okay? And so I just, young or old, if you can be engaged in that, I would appreciate that. And then Bob. Bob sits back there right now, and he's doing the slides along with Christian. And those guys put in oodles of time, and I really, really appreciate them. Thank you, guys. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your greatness. And you've given us another day to honor you. Not by sitting back, but by sitting on the edge. Lord, our prayer today is that we will listen to you. Listen to you. In your name, amen. Tommy asked me to speak a few weeks back and... I'll be honest with you people, for the last two and a half weeks, I've been wrestling with this message, and I hate wrestling, okay? <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I really do. I'm not much of a wrestler. I chipped my tooth in the seventh grade, and I said, I will never, ever wrestle again. And the Lord says, uh-uh, I'm going to save you, son, and you're going to wrestle every single day with truth. How are you doing as far as wrestling going, folks? Are we doing Okay. Kendra said, or Jill said, there's little cards in the back you can fill out. Be honest. 
be honest, put down how best the elders here and the men and women in this church can pray for you. So I want to encourage you. So this means go. Okay, this is the passage that actually this comes from, Daniel chapter 7. She read verses 9 through 14. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a what? Kingdom. That all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. People, how long is everlasting? Forever. Thank you, Al. Uh, Which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. There is, this is what's coming, okay? In, in, In theological circles, it's called the study of eschatology, or the study of the eschaton. That's future events, okay? And so I just want you to know, that Jesus, for sure, didn't come yesterday. I can just tell you that with 100% accuracy. But he's coming. He's coming. And it has some definite impact on our lives. Okay, hit this button here. There's the passage in Luke, and you'll see this. In Luke, um, you'll find the passage, the transfiguration in Matthew and Mark. Um, But I've gone ahead and copied this here. Kind of just read along as I'll read it out loud. Truly I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. Look what verse 28 says. About eight days after Jesus had said this, what happened? He took Peter, John, and James with him and went up to the mountain to pray. As he was praying... The appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about the departure which he was about to bring fulfillment in Jerusalem. Peter and the companions were very sleepy, and when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing there. Oh, went the wrong way, Bob. I'm just so good at this. Oh, okay, standing there with him. Okay. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. That's typical Peter, okay? Verse 34, while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying this, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen. To him. Are we on the edge? Are we listening to the son? 
I got saved in 1972, committed my life, Lord, whatever you want me to do. Listen to people like Bill MacArthur. Listen to John MacArthur. Listen to a variety of people in the 70s and the 80s. Okay? At times, we listened, at least I did, I listened to other people rather than the sun. And I want to encourage us, fresh and anew, listen to the sun. That's what he wants us to do. We listened to Mary Pride, my wife and I. Went around, my wife and I went around to people in Hood River, and we said, you know, if you were to do anything different with your family, would you have more than two kids or three kids? And they said, we would have more. And at that person, they had six kids. I said, you're kidding me. You would have more? Why? Because kids bring out the worst in you, <laughs> right? And they bring out the best in you. So Helen and I had to make some choices as a couple. And we chose to have a larger family. And that's a choice. Were we listening to the son? We, we hope that we were. I'm not going to give any of the nine back, I guarantee you. And they won't volunteer to go back, okay? But I do want you to know the importance of listening to the son, taking time to think, taking time to pray. Jesus here is right there. Notice verse 36. When the voice had spoken, they found Jesus all alone. And the disciples kept this to themselves. And they did not tell anyone about this at their time. So in three passages, Matthew... Mark and Luke, the one we just read in Luke, listen to my son. Listen to my son. Listen to my son. Now, in 2 Peter, the passage that you'll find in your bulletin, if you grabbed a bulletin, I think I grabbed one, and I don't know if I have it here, but you'll see that in the bulletin is the passage of Scripture. Okay? Now, I want you to know, I want you to know that in Peter is bringing up this event again. Why is Peter bringing this event up? He's bringing it up so that he is going to share a thought to the people who are being scattered, persecuted, killed, okay? He, he's trying to encourage the body of Christ in the country of Turkey at the time. That's kind of the destination where this letter went because there were some false teachers that were trying to teach them other than what the Scripture has to say. So Peter said, we were eyewitnesses of this. We saw Jesus. And it may have looked something like this, people. It may have looked something like this. Bob copied a slide for us and put this in there. Okay, Jesus, Elijah, Moses, and Peter, James, and John. Maybe that's what it looked like. He was so transfigured. It was so bright. It was so beautiful. It was like lightning. In some texts, it actually says, you guys know what bleach is used for? To make something what? Really white. And that's exactly what it says. It's bleached out. It was so bright. Okay? Peter saying the following. We did not follow 
cleverly devised stories. And the word for story there is story for myths. Mythios is the term that's being shared here. We did not. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We saw the Lord change, and we saw Moses, we saw Elijah, they were talking together, and then this voice overcame. We were eyewitnesses. We were there. Hey, question now, students. Question. How many of you in this room were there? Al? That's right, none of us. So we're taking the Bible and saying this story is a true story. Some of you here might not believe it. This story really happened, okay? The reason why Jesus is sharing this story, though, is not to share the story, just to look at me. I'm Peter. Remember what Peter did, kids? He denied Christ how many times? Oh, he's famous for it, okay? But he is seeing the significance of biblical truth. And then he states the following. Look at this, and this is kind of an important concept because I think we miss it at times. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. You will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by a prophet's own interpretation of things. In other words, Peter, Paul, Matthew, Mark, John, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Daniel. None of these guys did it on their own. They were moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. We were not there. Peter says, I was there, an eyewitness to his majesty. But folks, we have something more reliable than an eyewitness account. And what's that? We have the written word of God. We have it, folks, and you can bank on it. You can bank on it. Are we listening? What's our posture? Oh, there he goes again. Another Bible verse. Yeah, it's Stenberg. I can't wait to get home, get a bite to eat, and watch football. Or are we going, dude, are there some things that I need to be doing with my life that's different, God? Read this for me. One, two, three. I don't have my hearing aids in. Christian told me to take him out at prayer breakfast this last Saturday. He says, Mr. Stenberg, you put your, keep your, your, <laughs> your hearing aids in. They may fall out if you get hooked up over here. I said, oh, Christian, I, I won't. I, they're right here, okay, Christian? <laughs> One more time. One, two, three. Pay okay, pay attention. Now, some of you in this room knows Mr. Stenberg does not like horses, okay? I'm serious. How many of you like horses in here? Oh, 
My goodness sakes, we've got friends in this room. I even go on a merry-go-round. You know, with the pole through the horse, I fall off. It doesn't matter. Oh, Mr. Stenberg, will you come to the saddle club out here? Sure. Oh, you'll love this horse. I mean, the horse was so short, my feet were almost touching the ground. I go, I like this horse. I really do. And so, how do you get it to move? Well, just kind of squeeze it. I can squeeze, 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 squeeze. Nothing happened. I took the reins, which is a mistake, and I raised it above the ears. That horse took off. That horse took off so fast, it went to, was going right to a fence. And I'm going, oh, no, because it was going gangbusters. So I, I knew what was going to happen. So I grabbed around the neck of the horse and arched almost over the fence. This was a horse I could actually touch the ground with my feet. And the girl said, you will have no problem, okay? So my question to you, and some of you can answer this, if you fall off a horse, what would normal person say? Get back on the horse. For us, we're listening to the sun. Get back on the horse, Oscar, not on your life. I ain't getting on a horse that's going to buck me off. Oscar, you got the sweetest horse. It will not. He tried to rub me off three times on an orchard tree. I'm telling you what, they're mean and nasty horses are. But again, the advice that you would give someone, get back on the horse, wouldn't you? How many of you have your multiplication tables down in here? Two times four. That was slow. Two times three. Five times nine. Eight times three. Wow, you guys are good. But what happens if you've got a kid in school that you're trying to teach and they don't care? Are you going to take the posture of sitting back and say, that's just fine? A true teacher is going to say what? Hey, mom and dad, your kid needs to work on the multiplication tables. Thanks, I appreciate that. They're not going to eat dinner until they get through the twos or something like that. You know, whatever it takes, we're going to get these things down. Parents and teachers are that way. But you know what? There's times. Right, Al? We just kind of sit back, and we don't care. Well, it's time for us to sit on the edge, people, whether you're math, whether it's horses, or what have you. Peter is saying, I've been there. I've seen it. This transfiguration that just blew us away, and this voice from heaven that says, listen to my son. Hey, what's really cool is look up. <laughs> Look up here. We got a cross. Thank you. What a great reminder, isn't it? Even in this auditorium, as we gather together, pay attention. Okay, again, no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Got that? For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God who spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible. You recognize this shot, don't we? Isn't that a beautiful mountain, you guys? Mount Hood taken, and Mount and Hood River taken from kind of the Washington side. It's beautiful. How many of us have seen this before? Okay, good. I appreciate that. That is so true, okay? And there's something else we see, too. Yeah, windsurfers. 
I grew up here. As a matter of fact, this building, this building is on a piece of property that I used to play in as a kid growing up. My parents lived on, my grandparents lived on Hull Street, okay? We would come sliding through Indian Creek up the hill, and then we would come over and play in the Seaver Crop Orchard. Little did we know in time, people, that there would be a church building and a school here that is seeking to honor the king of kings who's coming back. No idea. Windsurfers came into our community in about 1970. Big, big long boards. Big sails. And now there's probably, what, three or four different ways to get across the water now, isn't it? But there's one thing they're using. What moves the surfer? Wind. Now, isn't that a cool thought, though? Someone finally figured out what to do with wind in Hood River. And there's, yeah, I know. It's real. And you'll see, even during the wintertime, guys in wetsuits, gals in wetsuits out there because it's a whole lot less crowded. Okay? Not only has it the Columbia River. I was in Dallas, Texas, going to seminary. I was loading up on an airplane, and I saw this gal. I knew she was a windsurfer just by the way she, what she was wearing. So I went up to her and I said, hey, where are you heading? I'm heading to Bingen, Washington. <laughs> I kind of started laughing. I said, you know, I'm, an, I'm a Hood Riverite on the other side of Bingen, Washington. <laughs> and she goes, I mispronounced that, didn't I? I said, just lightly. But that's okay. Windsurfing. Uses, uses what to move? Okay, no wind, no what? No surfing. A little wind, big sails. A lot of wind, small sails, or you don't sail. Maybe just the post, what have you. But whatever it is, okay? So we go back to this beautiful spot in Hood River, and we go back to this scripture. Who is the author of scripture, people? The Holy Spirit. He encouraged individuals to pen. Dr. Luke, have you read Luke recently? You'll see medical terminology that's used because he's a what? He's a doctor. Mark, quick answers. Matthew, Old Testament, 60 references to the Old Testament, speaking to a Jewish audience. Unbelievable. God moved through the Holy Spirit, people to pen the very words that Mila just read for us from the book of Daniel. Daniel, a faithful servant of God in the Old Testament, sat with some hairy animals called lions because he had integrity, and God shut the mouth of the lions. As a matter of fact, the emperor was going, yay, 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 you made it. And then all the guys that set him up were what? Thrown into the lion's den. And the moment they hit the floor of that lion's den, what did the lions do? Mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A, right. Mm -hmm. You betcha. We'll have dinner. But Daniel, that story is recorded for you and I to be encouraged. My wife told me not to get sidetracked. I apologize, okay, people. I uh, we were up in uh, Spokane this last week. Uh, we've got three granddaughters up there. Two of them play soccer on Saturday. 
Now, Ella, who's a seventh grader, she plays volleyball on Monday. So we had to force ourselves to stay a day longer. And in the process of that, we got a hold of Jerry. You guys remember Jerry here? And we spent two amazing hours with her. I mean, just a godly lady that's trying to figure life out and stepping. And I'm telling you what, she's right here, baby. And she'll look at Rob and go, well, we're going to do it, Rob. We're going to do it. She's right on that edge. And she wants not to ever get at the age of, 80, age of what, 85 maybe? 86 ever to get in this position. Okay? She says, I'm tempted. I'm tempted. I'm tempted to quit. She's doing a Bible study of 23 ladies. 23 ladies that are hearing the written word of God as God shares. I said, Keep doing it. We encourage you from Hood River to continue to doing that. So we're up in Spokane. My son Brian and, and his wife Elise are administrators and teachers at Northwest Christian. This summer, my wife and I took a trip of six weeks. And we went all the way back to Morgantown, West Virginia. And part of the trip was to go to the Ark Encounter. Have any of you been to the Ark Encounter? Okay, how many of you have a bucket list? Okay, put that on it, would you? Uh, a group of people back there have built the largest wooden boat in the world. It's called an Ark, out of wood. It's 510 feet, okay? It's ginormous. We're, we get there on a bus, we get there, park our car, we have to take a bus, about a five-minute ride down to where the ark is, and our son Philip calls. Hey, Dad, where are you guys at? Philip, we're standing in front of the ark. He goes, what? We're standing in front of the ark that this ministry has built. You guys know how many decks there are in the ark? Very good. I see all three fingers back there, three fingers. <laughs> He goes, I raised three fingers. You did. I saw all three of them. Three fingers. There's three levels on this ark. You'll read about it in the book of Genesis. You could put 22 full basketball courts in the ark. And so we had the privilege of walking through this okay, and going through it. But I wanted to tell you what happened Tuesday morning last week. My son says, Dad, hey, let's get together. We're going to have prayer at 530. What? That's kind of early, isn't it? He says, let's get together and pray. There's two guys across the street we get together with every Tuesday morning at 5.30, and we have coffee. Okay, we have coffee. I said, what if it's cold? We have coffee, Dad. We have coffee. So we're sitting, and you could see your breath up in Spokane <laughs> during the early morning hours, and here are four guys from the little community there in Spokane getting together to pray for the neighbors. Out of the blue, different churches, different places where they go, but they, got, they get together Tuesday morning at 5.30. That's what I call sitting on the edge, taking the Word of God seriously. You are placed where you're placed. We're placed in Hood River for a reason. Let's take a look here. Is it true that he left the 90 and 9 for you and me? The Bible says... He did. Did he have some stuff that he had to take on while he was here? 
two spikes that went into his hands and a larger spike that went through both of the tops of his feet. Did he suffer for you and I? He did. Why? He loves us. He loves us so much. He wants to change us. Now, here's an application here. This reminds me of you, Jared. You're able to carve, put stuff together with your hands. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we are his what? Workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works. The word workmanship is only used one time in the Bible. And guess where it's used? Ephesians 2.10, the only place in Scripture. You, that word workmanship means this. You're a special project, Oscar. You're my special project. And I'm not done with you yet. Huh? <laughs> I'm not done with you. The Bible says, Peter saying, we didn't follow myths. We followed the eyewitness report, and we have something more sure. More sure we have scripture. Remember what he said to say? Pay what? Pay attention to the word of God. Now, how many of you here would be real honest with me and say, Mr. Stenberg, I do have four minutes. How many of you might be able to find four minutes in the day? Okay, three of you. Okay, how many of you could find three minutes? Sonny, did you raise your hand? This way or this way? He, he, I know, I know, Sonny. Okay, how many of us honestly could find four minutes? Uh, yeah, we all can, okay? I want to encourage you, if you're not reading Scripture, grab the daily bread as you walk out of here. And just start reading it. Read it, read the, the, the story, and read the scripture that ties in with it, okay? When I got saved in 1972, I committed myself to attempt to read this every day. Every day. Yesterday's message for men's prayer downtown was the message on choose life. Really? Choose life. Bob, we're going to skip ahead. Let's skip to the song. Okay, can we get there? I'd like to have us listen to a song by a contemporary singer today. Her name is Lauren Daigle. And I think she is probably this song that will come up that she will sing will be a song that will really challenge you and I, especially during the culture that we're going through. Bob, do you have that for us? Ready to go? Okay, listen to the song and then we'll talk about it. You say. Have you ever felt uh, weak at times? Anybody besides me? Yeah. What does God say? Yeah. He says, I'm right there. I love you. When I say I'm strong, when I'm so weak, he says, I'm right there. What happens when you feel like you've fallen short and you've failed? He says, I'm right there. You know what the most important thing to think 
is what God thinks of who? You and I. He says, listen, you're my workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I started the work in you, and I'm going to finish it, Philippians 1.6. Okay, here's the question. Has he started the work in you? Have you trusted him? Coming into a church auditorium doesn't make you a Christian. It would be like I walk into Les Schwab and I become a tire, and that's not it, okay? I go to McDonald's. I'm not a French fry, okay? I'm not a hamburger. I walk into a church building. This is where we get encouraged to hear the truth. What God says of you is the most important thing. The only thing that matters is everything you think of me. If in you and you alone, Lord, I find my worth. And in you, I find my identity. Is that being preached today in our culture? Not at all. The culture that we're trying to reach, the young men and women that are growing up in America, have an attention span of a goldfish. Did you hear that? And you wonder why Jared Negreen pulls his hair out as he's trying to teach teachers, teach kids. And his coach over here tries to teach second graders. These kids at times have an attention span of five to seven seconds. And we know why? Those phones, things that we have, we're distracted all the time. So the most important thing is what God thinks of us. And lastly, this prayer. I really appreciate the prayer, and it's in your bulletin there. And we're going to come up in just a minute with a benediction. If, if, if you wanted to do something, people, and we can help you here at Shepherd to understand if you haven't trusted Christ or you, you're just not sure where you're at, we're here to help. Taking all I have, and now I'm laying them at your feet. You have every what? Failure. God. You have every victory. Oscar, get back up on the horse. Yeah. I've got it, Oscar. Get back on. Start listening to what the Word of God has to say. Kendra, are we ready to close there? Okay, come on up. Thank you, Kendra. Like I said, if we could be of any help to any of you, I'm going to be sitting right here in this chair. And if I can help you, visit with you, pray with you, please come up. We'll talk together.